Hey guys, have you heard about Anchor? It's the best place to start your podcast journey from. So, in case you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain and give give you give you guys more information about Anchor. It's free. There's a there's creation tools that allow you to record and and edit your podcast right from your phone or or computer. Anchor will d- distribute the podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more such prominent platforms. We can we as podcasters can also make money from our podcast with minimum uh, listenership. You don't need to build a huge listener base to make money out of a podcast. And simply put, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in just one place or in one platform and most importantly i would urge everyone listening to cricket unplug to download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm that is anchor a n c h o r .fm to get started on your podcasting journey thank you Cricket used to be played only in whites. There were no helmets. There were no white balls. Cricket was never played under floodlights. There were never much of glitz or glamour. No extravagant music, nor was there any million-dollar sponsorships. All this changed in 1977 when Kerry Packer, the Aussie media mogul, started the now. very famous or infamous scarlet world series cricket uh this was a rebel league which was started off by uh, kerry packer uh because uh, his channel channel 9 did not get the broadcast rights for the cricket matches which will happen in australia he managed not just to bring the aussie cricketers on board with all the beautiful sponsorships you know nothing beats money but he also managed to get probably the top cricketers all over the world especially he got the captains of most of the other countries english captain tony greig was such uh, tony greig was such a big name at that time uh, he roped in uh, clive lloyd viv richards he roped in andy roberts he roped in the south african cricket players who were under the apartheid barry richards mike proctor etc he got imran khan and to name a few so what this meant for world cricket was not just that cricket being played in australia got a completely different uh, facade altogether but the fact that the world the way in which cricket was played throughout the world took a complete u turn uh looking back we can i would say pretty much split cricket into two parts the pre kerry packer era 
and the post Kerry Packer era. There have been a lot of changes which has happened after that. Uh, let's say how much Jagmohan Dalmia has done for Indian cricket uh, in the late 80s uh, in trying to bring in all the media sponsorships and the viewership. I think uh, taking cricket as a whole, I believe Kerry Packer's contribution is nothing less. So in today's episode, we'll be talking about the World Series cricket, which lasted for about uh, three seasons. Uh, and it involved most of the great players during that time. Uh, Rakhav, yeah. you can so, give us a little bit more idea about uh, the technical aspects, how uh, the Kerry Packer series came into existence, what are the media wars, let's say, which uh, used to happen that time. Yes, exactly. So, uh, first of all, it's a pretty great uh, topic to, to to discuss about because, like it or not, people who go against the tide tend to be remembered in history far more than the people who follow the the trend path. So, if you look at what Lalit Modi did to Indian cricket by introducing the IPL. Or we looked at, or as we both uh, looked at what Subhas Sandra did with the Indian Cricket League, Kerry Packer was their, what you call, idol of sorts, if we are to call it in a way, because he re- completely revitalized and uh, refashioned, I would say, and branded the sport, the beautiful game of uh, cricket in 1976 onwards, you can say. And this very much a case where he was not able to, as you perfectly said earlier, that uh, he was not able to get the television rights for the Australian games, Australian home games. So he decided to use his business contacts more than anything and his administration power and prowess to start a league of his own. So he did that and he wanted to... uh, I would say his interest and his main goal as such was to make sure that the world noticed this league. So that there was a one point agenda of a Kerry Packer where he bought in the best players from world and the world in one tournament, something which uh, people in this generation could correlate, as I said, with the IPL, where the best players of the world are playing for one franchisee, one team. So that's what happened in 1977, where where he lost out the television rights of Australian cricket home home games, that is, to ABC Corp. So he started this league, and then he got in the best uh, uh, players from New Zealand, Pakistan, England, West Indies, and. Apparently, you can say, he secretly signed agreements with the leading players such as Tony Gregg, Clive Lloyd, Greg Chappell, Ian Chappell, Sir Vib Richards, Ian and uh, Imran Khan, and I would say Alan Knott, Rod Marsh. So you can go on and on. The list goes on and on. So he signed contracts which led to legal issues as well. There was an eight-week legal uh, drama which ensued which 
ended in favor of the icc wherein the players were who are part of this league were allowed to play for their countries post the league ended but what was decided and sadly what was decided was their performances and their contribution in this particular league or tournament called as world series cricket will not be considered official so it was probably the most iconic series in world cricket which is not to be official so we don't even know certain players played so well unless you dig deep into the statistics there's not going to be anyone who is going to recognize such tournament pretty pretty sad and uh, ironic but i guess as we keep saying if you don't have the support of the icc or it's not going to go in your way so that's what world series cricket was but it was the greatest players playing playing for uh, i would say glory recognition which didn't get its due due in uh, history so that pretty much sums up world series cricket so yeah wonderful I- wonderful rakam very um, i think of uh, really you know encapsulated uh, most of the uh, you know technical aspects of uh, the kerry packer era and as you rightly mentioned rakav uh, there are a lot of there have been a lot of uh, great players who we missed out on you know and we could watch them through kerry packer series many players who could not gain international fame even though you know their country were playing cricket probably because uh, uh, their team was filled with stars and uh, because of that they could come here and then uh, expose their greatness so uh, i would i would really uh, love to talk more about uh, uh, players and contributions which have uh, you know had uh, uh during the kerry packer series so of course we know we have mentioned the great players who have played uh the game in in the 70s and the late 70s and the early 80s and almost all of them uh, apart from probably uh, the indians uh, and the kiwis they did play the world series cricket a uh, lot of names do come to mind but uh, one particular name which is not uh, so popular i would say uh, is 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 uh, is somebody who i need to talk about i feel so um the west indies fast bowling quartet is a much famous uh, quartet and uh, considered probably the most feared and uh, also respected and revered back in uh, probably the history of test cricket the greatest when we are fast bowlers of all time for uh, not just west indies but in test cricket now uh, apart from them uh, there were two other fast bowlers who were i would say in not many ways much neglected but uh, they are not remembered or talked about that much uh, they are colin croft and uh, wayne daniel so i'll i'll just say a bit about uh, colin croft so colin croft was a fantastic fast bowler um so th- th- there is a popular joke on colin craft saying that if he feels that there is a wicket in it he will uh, bowl a bouncer even to his grandma so that is what they told about uh, colin craft he was probably the uh, quickest among the four along with uh, michael holding who was super fast in his time 
he was a very very uh, ferocious fast bowler and he played a very important hand in the uh, 1975 world cup campaign uh, for uh, the west indies also in the 79 campaign um he he played only 27 test matches but he has taken 125 125 test cricket, uh, test wickets at uh, an average of 23 which is really mind blowing for a fast bowler and uh, he uh, took them at a strike rate of less than 50 which is actually better than uh, uh, andy roberts michael holding and joel garner all of them had an average greater than 54 calling craft was not much remembered and so was this cricketer called as wayne daniel so wayne daniel was another fast bowler wayne daniel he he had taken uh, 860 odd wickets in first class cricket which is just an amazing stat which is on par with all of these great players so 860 if you are a fast bowler and if your uh, span for test cricket is about 13 14 years and you end up taking close to 900 wickets so that is a humongous achievement especially in those days where you know fitness was essentially something which you to care of by yourself you don't necessarily have uh, a special physio for a team especially when you're talking about a team like west indies so uh, coming to wayne daniel so uh, there was a series of one day internationals uh, which were played uh, during the uh, world series cricket and uh, there was this uh, one match in which um, uh it was a match between uh well, australians and the west indies so these were mm. uh, eight ball overs during that time and uh, this is. match yeah, actually played on the 24th of january 1978 and uh, put into match the australians finished at 212 for nine from 38 overs and uh, the west indies had a target of 213 so this is a match which there is actually highlights on youtube so probably our uh, listeners can you know check uh, the highlights also uh, requiring another uh, uh, 27 odd runs to win uh, our uh, west indies team were 187 for 9 and on the crease were jal garner and uh, 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 wayne daniel so we are talking about uh, an australian attack which had len pasco gary gilmore the great gary, gary gilmore who was a mm. you know star bowler of the 1975 semi finals and finals of the world cup and then we had max walker and then we had ray bright the spinner so uh, they had a pretty decent uh, bowling lineup and uh, why this is so important is while we have all these fantastic ipl finishes Uh, it was a fantastic finish that time so they actually required i think six of six balls and uh, six of eight balls of the last over and then it ended up becoming uh, five runs of two balls with wayne daniel on strike and uh, he ended up uh, hitting a six of nick alone and uh, there are some wonderful scenes you know after uh, wayne daniel hit that six he came in at number 11 and uh, it, it it was a full length ball onto his legs and he just smacks it you know onto the cow corner much reminiscent of how carlos brathwaite deposits ben stokes of the stands in the yeah. world 20 final so yeah. wayne daniel does that and uh, uh, you have to see the footage of the west indies 
uh, changing room and then everybody was in there uh, you know celebrating with each other which, which which was a fantastic scene and i think pretty iconic you know uh, those mm-hmm. scenes and after a, after a couple of days they played the final of that uh, series so uh, the final was pretty interesting because uh, putting to bat the west indies uh, 11 were dismissed for a paltry 124 124 definitely is a, is a very uh, very small score considering wherever you bat so uh, right. the batting did pretty i mean like uh, not much except for uh, gordon greenwich who scored a 50 uh, they did not uh, do they were 3 for 76 at one stage uh, the australians were 3 for 76 at one stage and they were cruising towards victory with the the captain greg chapel and uh, the late david hooks both of the men very fine form and uh, mm-hmm. after that uh, once john garner took out uh, the captain and then bernard julian took out hooks uh, the game completely changed on its head uh, the australians were dismissed for 99 and uh, uh, the west indies uh, won by 25 runs and uh, thereby winning the world series international cup of 1977 the star performance again was wayne daniel he finished with 5 for 29 uh, with an economy rate of 3.7 so another brilliant performance so uh, i think these are a few performances uh, where you know we feel that we do talk about the great holdings and the robots and uh, the malcolm marshall etc but uh, there is another player here wayne daniel who could have done much more wonders with the ball probably if he was born you know in another country or probably if he was born at another time during the west yeah. indies yeah so actually it's uh, amazing you brought up wayne wayne daniel mm-hmm. <laughs> because he on hindsight his accent reminds you of a faster version of king of course kemar roach is more more uh, i would say rhythmic in terms uh-huh. of delivery but when daniel's accent was faster version of him but as you perfectly put it he was he's a loss to world world cricket as such because we couldn't see much of him for even west indies and as it, as i said earlier people don't know that uh, many great players or many players performed at their best in the world world series cricket so which brings me to a couple of players who i really rate in in general and whose respect went higher in my or a personal friend after i saw what they did in the world series cricket so one is a player which i think is a loss to the world game as such so this uh, south africa's bari bari richards who was part of the world world eleven setup so he as i as we all know was part of the apartheid and its after effects on south african cricket he could have if he had gone to england let's say as we did uh, mention we had one one a pretty 
emotional and sensitive topic we handled that is a cold pack deal we had a very good episode yeah. on that similar thing was sadly not there for somebody like a barry barry richards because he couldn't go and represent england he was a stalwart in county cricket but even in the world series cricket he had five matches and he notched up uh, stirring 554 runs at a average of 79.14 so totally amazing he was one batsman who if i i had time time capsule and i could go back in time i would want to watch barry richards and i would say serve serve back live these are two players has come to my mind there are many other gracious and uh, what do you call courageous batsmen you could go back in time to watch but this these two would rank high up there for me and then another player who comes to my mind and another performance also is uh, the late david hooks whose commentary i was extremely fond of in my uh-huh. small in my young up days so uh, what the story of david hooks is in 1977 when the world series cricket started he got hit on a brutal bouncer by andy roberts on 79 when he was yes. on 79 so that was actually a watershed moment in world cricket because that was the introduction of bought in the introduction of helmets into the game yes. after that incident so of course after that the second season this so this happened in the first season so second season the uh, teams were asked to choose if they want to use the helmet or not and the caribbeans in their truly caribbean style opted not to use the helmet the world 11 and australian 11 were in favor of using helmets which sort of resembles what we wear when we sit on a bike now so that motorcycle helmet so that was what world series cricket pioneered and bought into the game but david hooks gets uh, his job broken by the great andy roberts and then he comes back and he hits what do you call a truly memorable 100 against the west indies team in 1978 and he hits andy roberts in one particular over for 6 4 6 2 2 dot so he is like with the helmet he took on the same short ball which ended his season first season and which allowed helmets to come into the game became his strength in the second season where he hooked andy roberts consecutively for two sixes followed by a four so i think i wanted to bring up these two names because many people don't know who who barry richards the player was they might remember him as a commentator and a fine one at that and david hooks not many remember even as a commentator or a player because his performances went off the radar because after world series cricket he truly he couldn't make a mark for the australian team so my personal fondness would definitely be to them and a special mention would be to the brilliance of mike uh, proctor who we know very well as a match a match a referee of late in uh, recent yeah. times but his performance shouldn't go unnoticed i feel because if we look at the stats he took 14 wickets in four games at average of 16 so it's amazing 
but again he couldn't live up to his potential because of the apartheid so it's pretty sad but on that note so one of the analysis done about world series cricket and very ironically among the very few pieces of information which fans like us can uh, hold on to which is there online so it yeah. had a report prepared by vision around 2010 so this was a world series cricket 11 which was made by uh, columnists and uh, uh, which got published in wisdom so i would like to present their level and i want to get your take on it as in do you agree with the team do you want to include few people so just i want to present my their level which is openers are barry richards and gordon gordon kernitz uh, captain uh-huh. by chapel at at uh-huh. number 3 followed by uh-huh. the great sorbo richards and then uh-huh. we have greg sapple the most successful batsman in world series cricket history at number 5 uh-huh. and then we have ike proctor and then rod marsh at as the wicket keeper and then the bowling unit comprises of some uh, pretty decent players i would say imran khan dennis lilly andy roberts and mikey mike michael holding so i want to know if you had to pick a world series cricket 11 who would feature in from this team in your team or do you have couple of i certainly think wayne daniel will fi- find himself in the bowling <laughs> but uh, apart from that would you agree to disagree with wisdom's uh, cricket 11 is my question deal and if so why i'm interested to know the players you want to see here in this list uh um, i'm i'm i actually missed out so uh i think uh, uh, greg chapel will come in at 5 and then after that who were uh, number 6 and 7 yeah, yeah number 6 is mike proctor and number 7 is rod rod marsh rod marsh uh well i uh, yeah i mean i would actually have a couple of changes there um mm-hmm. well i would i would actually want to bring in uh, more so uh, with the uh, maybe if we can make greg chapel as the captain uh, i know i know ian chapel is a fantastic captain i mean like his uh, tactical acumen is brilliant but uh, probably if we can make uh, 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 greg chapel as a captain and then we can bring in uh, probably a little bit more flair into the side with uh, the great zahir abbas uh, i know zahir uh, abbas uh, wasn't probably yeah. the uh, you know the most uh, flourishing player in the world series cricket but if you look at you know player wise probably zahir abbas so the mm. great man uh, as we are talking about uh, uh, the world series cricket the icc has just now inducted uh, zahir abbas into the hall of fame yeah which is the uh, great news yeah yes, so is a great jackson league yeah. so i guess would say yeah 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 and uh, probably uh, the the great uh, south african all-rounder which could never be was mike proctor and uh, mm-hmm. the great south african all-rounder who actually became 
was uh, Jacques Callis, and he also has ah. been inducted into the Hall of Fame. So that's some great news. Mm-hmm. So I would actually have Zahir Abbas in it, and uh, as much as I like Rodney Marsh, he was a fantastic keeper, but I would still go for Alan Knott. I think yeah. uh, as a work as a wicketkeeper, I have I have grown fond of him over the years. I've read a lot about him, especially in Sunil Gavaskar's book Sunny Days, where he uh, where he mentions that uh, Alan Knott was probably. the most uh, grittiest wicketkeeper batsman that uh, he has seen in his time and probably the most fiftest behind the stumps too so i think there's a bit of a bias there with wisden bringing in rotney marsh i don't know but uh, certainly <laughs> uh, alan not for me no i amazing to know the your takes zaira abbas and alan not but uh, would you put in uh, any changes to the bowling imran khan dennis reedy andy roberts michael holding or will you stick stick to the because i would for one i for one would actually not going with uh, probably michael holding i would want to add a spinner and there was no better spinner in the world series cricket than derek derek underwood from england world level so i would remove holding get in uh, derek underwood and i definitely agree with you that alan not is one notch above rodney mars rodney mars was pure gold behind the sticks no doubts no doubting is credibility but i have never seen a keeper batsman from england who has been talked about even in 2020 as we speak very few come to my mind when it when it comes to england keepers apart from alex stewart and probably let's say to a large extent um, maybe uh, maybe matt prayer when he was at his at his peak for four five mm-hmm. years but mm-hmm. you don't get to hear about an england keeper who talked about so fondly you get to hear about so many keepers being mentioned by uh, let's say for a classic example if you can take uh, adam gilchrist he gets talked about even now as being the most explosive wicketkeeper batsman of all time so we have experts from across the world keeping praises on him but alan not was one notch up up there so that would be my personal only i don't want to tinker with the uh, leadership as a whole so i don't want to move out to <laughs> both the chapel they certainly would make my team but definitely i would bring in derek underwood for what he was amazing left arm of he and i would bring in as a uh, also suggested uh, the other yeah so i completely much. agree with you there i yeah. think during the whole of the world series cricket uh, derek underwood really lived up to his name as deadly and uh, he yeah. ended up the 70s as the highest wicket taker in test cricket i think he was the only bowler to have taken 200 wickets but uh, under the shadow of uh, the lilies thompsons gary gilmore's the west indies quartet then you have the imran mm-hmm. khan and then uh, richard hadley and you know all of these players uh, derek underwood has become uh, a, a light shadow of what could have been because i think uh, spinners were much out of fashion probably yeah. that time it was all about uh, bravado 
you have uh, a Dennis Lilly in his uh, handlebar mustache with uh, long hair and uh, the white shirt which is unbuttoned uh, right up to the chest and yeah. you know like two lungs like long barrels and then he runs in and he blows away the helmets of the batsmen so that i think was the advertisement that uh, cricket required in the 70s late 70s and the 80s not uh, a, a, a somber uh, tall lean and lanky guy coming in and uh, bowling slow uh, spinners however effective he was so unfortunately i think that's why another uh, bias i would say has gone against uh, uh, derek andrew yeah. rightly rightly put their rack up i mm. would uh, completely agree to that yeah so moving on to probably something which the world of cricket and the fans of the game d- didn't know about because uh, is what happened in this Kerry Packers World Series cricket. So as Gideon Hig, one of the most uh, respected journalists in the in the cricket fraternity, uh, fraternity, he goes on to say that uh, paradoxically the commonest sentiment about World Cricket World Series cricket is that the record should be official. So that's where I'm coming at. So it's about the legacy of World Series cricket. So if you yeah, look no. at it. there are 56126 runs and 2364 wickets which are taken in this in the course of this tournament across oh. the three three seasons so and there's not even one trace of it even though there was a petition put by cricket australia in 2015 asking for the records to be made official so you don't need to uh probably uh look at a far more impactful statement than by saying that such talent best of the best playing against e- against each other their skills their records goes completely unnoticed because this tournament is un- un- unofficial so that is one big aspect of the legacy of world series cricket i think in my personal opinion you don't need to make it official but put out the stats let the the west indian the australian the england fans who definitely would rank these players up there among the best who just come out of their country they should know what they did in this tournament so that is one way i would like would want to change i would say should happen soon hopefully but if you look at the overall package kerry packer is what what cricket is now so i would go on to say kerry packer did what cricket is now because he made so called out of fashion spinners he brought them into the scheme of things he made white ball cricket a fashion he made day night cricket a fashion and more more likely he made cricket playing cricket playing uh, your flamboyant style of cricket and presenting that he had all the money pumped in lot of money you had what we see now in cricket broadcasting with the uh, 16 17 cameras if i'm not sure how many cameras now we have even the some camera of course but 
if you go few years back when there was no stump camera if you look at what channel 9 brings in to a cricket oh. broadcast setup and how that has galvanized world cricket as such the way they they look at how to present the game as in you get a player i clearly remember 1978 season of world series cricket had player mike son who would who remember that 1978 when they had mics put on players shirts and they used to get some tidbits here and there as we hear now as it's become a common sight of late so he was uh, exactly what the game needed in the 1970s where it had to break away from its very calm patient kind of a mold and it has to burst out it had needed that burst kerry bucker i would say bought in that to assurance style i would say he he decided to take control of the situation and he decided i'll make my own league if you are not going to support me he is like i'll get the best players so my take away and the legacy of this particular tournament to submit up from my perspective would be make the records official make them visible in all public visible platforms all your cricket portals talk about it more more glowingly than kind of a reserved kind of appreciation this tournament gets that would be one and second is cricket would be wouldn't be where it is now if not for kerry packer yes indian fans you you didn't get to see your indian players stars playing this tournament but the reality is this what kerry packer did is what Rajiv Modi went on to do in two in two thousand eight with the uh, influx of the IPL. So he was, you can say, Indian version of Kerry Packer, but far less or they call glorious than what Rajiv Modi managed to do. Rajiv Modi, no doubts, has changed the face of the game because T Twenty cricket is where it is as we speak. Uh, players have touched down in Dubai to play. IPL in a biosecure bubble when the world T20 gets postponed to the next year so just imagine so, what the tournament means IPL how it ranks in terms of pecking order so Kerry Packer I am so truly amazing personality he went against the tide hopefully what i said can happen it is possible it is not impossible what i said this acknowledge what he did and acknowledge the cricket that was played it was truly i think both of us can agree that it is among the best cricket we have seen in the, the sport sports history i would say the two seasons the three seasons that was the quality of cricket beat the one day games the super cup as as the one day tournament was called so sorry the international cup or the super test then this acknowledge that make it more available so people can ask and many fans like us can dwell into it more and can can actually literally dive deep into the stats and acknowledge that yes they had glowing and truly memorable international careers but they also had two years of outstanding cricket under kerry parker's world series cricket So I would like to know your uh, 
final thoughts on this tournament and what this tournament's legacy is as far as you are you are you are concerned Uh, rightly put uh, rakam i think you have almost covered all of the bases and uh, i recently saw a video of uh, barry richards uh, for whom we both have uh, a mm. lot of respect and we consider in high regard so he was saying that uh, it was about 7 uh, to 8 years so he played his uh, first and i would say unfortunately the last test series in 1970 it was a four match series against australia where he just piled up on the runs and uh, he was just uh, undefeatable almost and then after that uh, he went for a, uh, a a season in australia in uh, 1970 and uh, there is there is a match uh, there are even the highlights on uh, youtube where barry uh, richards scored nothing less than 325 runs on one particular day the very first day of a test match and it was brilliant i mean uh, rod marsh uh... yeah so rakav i think you have uh, pretty much summed up uh, what we uh, you know had in mind i think uh, you mentioned quite a bit of the player we both uh, held in very high regard that is barry richards so uh, lately i saw a video in which barry richards was saying that uh, uh the last time i played international cricket was uh, in 1970 and uh, he just smacked the australian bowlers all of the park and after that uh, the unfortunate events of apartheid and then uh, he just went into you know uh, first class cricket against uh, let's say mediocre quality bowling which is not really his uh, you know which does not really interest any player so he was into hampshire and then he played a one season for south australia where he just smacked the bowlers all over the park there is an instance on youtube where he scored 325 runs on one particular day that to against the likes of you know dennis lilly and uh, you know gary gilmore and all of that and there is an interesting instance where uh, the first ball of that match he plays and misses and then rodmers behind the sum says i thought this block was this block uh, knew how uh to hold the bat and uh, <laughs> end of the day <laughs> the the fielder had slipped the uh, turns to rod marsh and says rod uh, i think uh, the block knows one or uh, two things about how to do batting so that is how it ended the, the trademark the last ball of the day he just smacks uh, a full length ball you know of tennis lily back past the bowler and he does not even care to look at the boundary he just uh, takes his bat and walks off so that that was that was about how uh, uh, barry richards played his uh, cricket uh, up until 1977 you know when the world series cricket came and uh, uh, barry richards said all of a sudden i had a completely renewed interest in cricket i was 33 then but it was the first time where i could uh, have the opportunity to play uh, an attack which is uh, you know of world quality and uh, definitely he played some amazing innings amazing innings he scored a double 100 and then he scored a 100 in a tough chase of 220 and that too in uh, a chase which was happening under the lights in uh, a test match scenario again we talk about pink ball crickets today so kerry packer even started that before so there have been extremely good instances of fantastic instances of uh, barry richards really 
killing it at the stage and then he laments with a lot of remorse that uh, uh, cricket which was played with such high quality and caliber is not even considered into first class so uh, that really is a remorse that he carries and uh, i completely agree with you rakav even if it is not considered under the highest form of cricket probably it can be you know brought under the wing of first class cricket at least because uh, the mm-hmm. heroes uh, who played there deserve much much more not uh, not even taking uh, into account the impact that the series has had but at least the tremendous amount of enjoyment and excitement that even as they had cricket fans we have we have the opportunity to have you know these days on youtube is uh, a testimony to the fact that probably these matches should be considered at least as uh, first class cricket that's what uh, that's how i would you know like put it yeah fantastically put and to end the episodes i would say exactly the same thing it has to come out all the stats all the glorious performances we get to see on the on the, through the course of this iconic tournament has to be uh, i would say visible to everyone and to sum it up also among our, one of the f- famous quotes which i i read about this tournament it's, it says 40 years on we admire the cricket but we shy shy away from from talking about it so <laughs> simple as that like i would urge people who have the power and and authority recognize the stats as you said as first class cricket at least so that these cricketers don't lose out on the what what they have achieved so on that hopeful note would like to thank you thank you for bringing up this topic in uh, particular as it invoked lot of fond uh, fond memories and of course i'm sure you would have really enjoyed it because it's takes you back to the golden era where west indies cricket truly owned this sport so yes. on that note thank you thank you for so, absolutely thank you raghav thank you so much yeah bye, bye.